0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. Welcome back for episode 16 of the Destination Debbie podcast. I'm your host, Ray Garvin. You know where to find me on Twitter at RayGQ. Make sure you're following the show at Destination Debbie as well. So today I'm really, really excited about this episode because we've talked about running backs and wide receivers and different tiers for those groups. And I've touched on quarterbacks a tad bit um, through these first 15 episodes, but I really, really want to dive into something that people have been asking about for a while, and that is Superflex, the quarterbacks, outside of some of the big names that we all know about. And I couldn't think of a better guest to have on this show than the man himself, at James the Brain, James Coutoulos. He is a co-host for the Superflex Super Show, and we are also colleagues over there at DLF Dynasty League Football. He's a writer for them james how are you doing today oh ray i'm doing great man thank you so much for having me i've been looking forward to this all week
1: so let's let's get rolling man
0: yeah man we we, we want to just jump right into it and you know right now james i'm in a 14 team super flex debbie startup draft right now and one of the questions that i've gotten quite a bit um through through my time and and, and talking debbie with the community is just sort of my strategy as far as quarterbacks in a superflex format, and uh, I know that you host a superflex show, so you'd probably agree that superflex is one of the more popular formats uh, to play fantasy football. But just as far as your, just tell me, sort of, in our listeners, your strategy uh, when it comes to drafting quarterbacks in a in a in a regular superflex league outside of Debbie.
1: Yeah, Ray, that's a fantastic question. I think the main thing to do is to make sure that you're fluid. Make sure that you are adjusting to your drafts because each draft is different. Uh, you know, you're going to be in some drafts where quarterbacks are going early and often and you're going to have to adjust and make sure that you get a couple guys that you feel comfortable with. Whereas there are going to be some drafts that you're going to enter and those those guys are, you know, they're not going to take quarterback as early. So you can wait a little bit on that. You know, so the positions, the position players don't dry up. So I think that's the first key I would say is making sure that you do that. But the second key about Superflex that is so unique and it's so much fun is you have so many unique ways to build your roster. You can you can build it around quarterback heavy. You could build it, you know, where you're fading quarterback and you're grabbing some older veterans that are dropping later, especially in Dynasty. And, you know, there are several different ways that you can approach a team build, and I think that's what makes it most fun. It also encourages trading. But the one thing that I like to say and one thing that one of my co-hosts, uh, John Hogue, likes to say as well on the Superflex Super Show is that quarterbacks are never cheaper in Superflex than they are in the startup draft. So loading up on them is not a bad option. Even if you get three or four in the first six, seven rounds, it's not terrible because if you leave with four starting quarterbacks in a 12 or even a 14-team league especially, people are going to be coming to you when they need a quarterback and you're going to have to, they're going to have to pay a premium to get a quarterback because you just can't find them
0: anywhere else. So uh, there's several different strategies. That's one that I like to employ though, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm with you. You know, when when I when I play in super flex leagues, and and to be honest with you, now that I think about it, majority of my dynasty leagues that I'm in right now, and hell, redraft leagues for that matter, besides my home league, they, they're just so reluctant to change. They just want to stick with one quarterback, but everything is super flex. And what I always tell people is even if you've got three, four quarterbacks, those are that's currency. and there's no better currency in a superflex format than the quarterback position. And I think that it it even there's even more strategy involved when it comes to Debbie superflex drafts. And for me personally, you know my my plan going into a Devi superflex is I like to get one stud quarterback, you know, early, you know, Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, some, you know, a young star quarterback. And then I'll sort of wait a little bit, get a veteran quarterback with the idea that I'm going to go into my Debbie draft and I'm going to get hopefully a Tua or a Justin Fields. Now in this Debbie Superflex draft that I'm doing right now, 14 team league, I was a little nervous. So I went ahead and took Baker and Dak pretty early just to have those guys secure. And then I'll worry about, you know, my third guy later. But just from a, a Debbie superflex strategy standpoint, I mean, how would you value those Debbie rookie picks in, mixed in with your with your veterans? I mean, how would you how would you sort of build your roster? Well, I like what you said, Ray. I think I would do the same thing. I think I would definitely make sure
1: to get one quarterback that you feel really, really good about, especially a younger guy that you know moving forward, you're not going to have to worry about replacing. But I do like the idea of grabbing one of those top quarterbacks uh, in the Debbie, you know, in the Debbie pool. And the main reason I would say that is because quarterback is such a hard position for us to evaluate. Um, and especially hard when we're going a few years out in Debbie, it's difficult to kind of project where those guys are going to go. But the top prospects seem to be a whole lot more safe than some of the later prospects. So I don't want to get caught having to, to take a flyer on a guy later and hoping that he pans out. If that's the case, I might as well take two or three guys and hope that one of them pans out. So for me, I want to get one of those top prospects at quarterback if uh, if I'm going to do it. So I like the way that you said you would do that. Grab one quarterback you feel really strongly about, and then later on in the Debbie draft, make sure that you take one early that you feel really good about as well, one that's going to go early in the draft, that's going to have every opportunity to win a job. A guy like Tua is pretty safe at this point, Trevor Lawrence, those guys – I think we know are going to go pretty high in these, uh, in the NFL draft and they're going to have every opportunity to win positions early and, uh, and, and, you know, to keep those positions because when you spend that capital, that draft capital on a player, like we know, you're going to have more, more opportunity to win those positions. So I would feel a whole lot more comfortable if I'm building around a Debbie team that has, that has one of those top echelon guys, um, in tow.
0: Yeah. Same. Same here, and I, <laughs> I am not um, too big to admit sort of my uh, mistakes if I've got a bad take on Twitter, or if I, you know, if I was a little lower on a prospect and then they end up proving themselves very, uh, very well. Then I am not immune or opposed to going on Twitter or being on this podcast and saying, you know, I was wrong. So I just want your opinion on a trade that I made. Just tell me how bad it was, James. I traded in a super flex In my home Superflex Dynasty League, I traded Baker Mayfield for (laughs) Ito Smith, David Njoku, and a twenty twenty first. And I did this prior to him becoming the starter in Cleveland, so I thought I was getting good value at that time. But, I mean, just how terrible does that sound right now?
1: Oh, man, yeah, that sounds rough, but I tell you what, Ray, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, even as a Cleveland Browns fan, which uh, those that don't know me that are listening to the podcast, I am a Cleveland Browns fan, have been my entire life. As a Cleveland Browns fan, I was not high on Baker Mayfield coming out of college going to Cleveland. I just thought it wasn't a good fit going to Cleveland. And so I probably would have made a trade very similar to that. So while it looks pretty bad on paper right now, man, <laughs> I can tell you, that would be a trade that I might have made back then as well.
0: Well, yeah, that that one still kind of pains me, because right now I don't think anybody would trade uh, Baker Mayfield for one single twenty twenty first pick and Edo Smith or David Njoku. So looking back on it, I probably should have just held. You know, I, I think that I probably sold too early. I probably should just, have just held in that situation. And maybe other people listening, you, you want to just, you know, don't rush to just sell, you know, the second week in the uh, NFL season.
1: Yeah, especially a guy that has that draft capital behind them, just because you know that they're going to get two, three seasons to win that job and to live up to expectations. So I think those are the kind of guys that yeah, you really want to hold um, because their value is, is only going to go up and probably
0: won't go down very much over that over that time. All right. Well, I'm, I'm done uh, talking about myself. I just feel horrible the more we go on and on. So let's get to the meat of the show and talk about what. What we came here for, the reason why I wanted you on, and that is to talk about, I want you to give us some Debbie quarterbacks, not named Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tungavailoa, Justin Fields, Jake Fromm, or Justin Herbert. And not that those guys aren't, I mean, we can have a whole show just talking about Trevor Lawrence and Tua by themselves, but for a majority of the Debbie and Dynasty community, those are names that we already know. Those are going to be, you know, whether it's the NFL draft, uh, your dynasty rookie drafts next year, or Debbie Superflex startups, those are guys who are probably going in the, you know, I mean, it's Trevor and Tua. It's not even probably, you know, they their top half of the first round, one, two, one, five, whatever the case may be, Fields from Herbert, however you want to mix those guys up. That's probably your top five at this point in time. And Debbie, but a lot of people don't know really what's after that, you know, Tua uh, and, and, and from and Herbert for 2020 and then Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields for 2021. So just kind of give us some guys that people may not be paying attention to, but we really should.
1: Yeah. So I basically came up with guys who I am looking at that could be in the next tier below those guys as far as Debbie drafts go and in my eyes. And I kind of ranked them within that tier. And so uh, and that's that's something that you taught me, Ray. You told me I could rank in a tier, and that changed the game for me. So that's, what I did. <laughs> that's what I did. I ranked them within this tier. So I'm going to start with uh, with with number five here. I have five guys, and number five here is Phil Jerkovic. And I, I like Phil Jerkovic a lot. He's a quarterback for Notre Dame, uh, went 24-7 sports, and thanks to them, uh, they have him listed at 6'5", 215 pounds, a four-star recruit coming out of Pittsburgh. And really what you see with him, it's, it's tough to evaluate him because he's so young. He didn't really play very much last year. I think he had two pass attempts. So uh, hard to really, really gauge what Phil Jerkovic is going to be at Notre Dame. But when we look at his highlights um, from, from high school, we really we see an elite dual-threat quarterback, a guy who can beat you in the pocket, outside the pocket, can beat you by making plays with his legs down the field. Uh, which is always nice. I think the NFL is going towards that. They're gearing their offenses towards guys that can do that. Um, I, I, another encouraging sign is it looks like he might see some goal line work this uh, this this year behind Ian Book, which, you know, we're going to get a little bit of a a, a preview um, on what he can do. He's also got a very strong arm. He can make all the throws. Those are the kinds of things that I want to see out of a quarterback, a young guy. I want to make sure that he is going to be capable of making all the throws all over the field, that he can beat you multiple ways. And, uh, you know, we're going to start seeing a little bit of a preview of that at the goal line. We might not see that deep ball strength, but we're going to see his decision-making in the red zone, and we also may see some of his running ability. So really like Bill Jerkovic. Do you have any takes on him right
0: No, I I did not. And for everyone listening, I have no clue who the five guys that James is going to talk about. So I was very surprised to hear this name because I remember him from the Army All American game and I'm looking him up right now. But goodness gracious, I mean, he's got the requisite size. I mean, he's a big kid, you know, top 100 player in his class. I'm intrigued. And I'll, I'll just tell you right now, I don't know much about, you know, this guy. I know Ian Book is at Notre Dame, but I'm I'm very interested and excited to actually go go look him up and 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 see kind of you know his skill set because uh I mean to have his size uh and be a dual threat quarterback, I am intrigued. I mean, I want that Konami code where you can give me points on the ground and through the air. So really excited about this name, and I'm pretty sure the listeners will be as well. Um he, he's a guy who I think could play the running back position if they really wanted to uh to, to put him in that position.
1: So I would definitely recommend, uh, yeah, looking him up. He's got all the tools that you like. Now it's just a matter of whether or not he can use those with, you know, within a, a tougher uh, environment, with tougher defenses, quicker players on the field. But if he can make that transition,
0: I definitely think this is a guy that's worth your time looking up. I like the name, man. I really, I, I'm, I'm excited to check him out. So who you got for us at four? Yeah, number four is a
1: guy that I think everybody kind of knows a little bit, of at least. And that's Adrian Martinez, quarterback out of Nebraska. Again, 24-7 sports with him at 6'3", 205 pounds, four-star recruit out of California. He is also an elite dual-threat quarterback. He can beat you on the ground. He can beat you through the air. One of the things I love is he has very nice touch on his passes. He throws a very catchable ball. He likes to put it in spots that his receivers can get to it. And he is really, really accurate over the middle of the field. I want to see a little bit more outside the hashtags, though. But over the middle of the field, he works that part of the field very well. He's very accurate, and he puts, again, really nice touch on the pass, so he makes a very catchable ball for his receivers, and he's really good at sensing pressure. He's got great pocket presence. Um, it seems like he knows when that pressure is coming. He can feel it, and he's really good at making plays outside the pocket. Uh, the one thing you do want to see a little bit more with him is I'd like to see him keep his eyes down the field a little bit more when he is moving outside the pocket. He likes to tuck and run sometimes a little bit too quick, and I think there are plays that can be made that uh, when that defense breaks down a little bit, he can make some big plays over the top. And I think that's the one area I'd like to see him improve in. But this is a guy who, hey, he really showed us something last year. I want to see it again. Can he do it again? What do you think about Adrian Martinez, right?
0: I am a fan of Adrian Martinez, and so are the people in Vegas. I think his Heisman odds are pretty high. So, you know, he started off the season a little slow, but he really really picked it up, you know, that second to back half of, of last year and playing with Scott Frost and that offense uh, in the big 12, I think that, uh, or is Nebraska in the big 10? I'm thinking about old Nebraska with Tommy Frazier and Eric Crouch, but playing in the big 10, um, I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity to really shine against good talent. I'm, I am a fan of him. He reminds me of a, he's not as fast as Marcus Mariota and You know, Mariota in college was very, very accurate, but I think he's got, I love his frame. He's a thicker built quarterback. Um, And like you said, he can throw the ball with touch. I like that he throws a catchable ball. I am an Adrian Martinez fan quite a bit. So I'm glad that you mentioned his name. I talked about him very, very briefly on the last show, knowing that he'd probably come up today. But I mean, I think he could be one of the most productive quarterbacks in the conference and really make national noise this season.
1: Yeah, I, I'm really high on him as well. And I, I love the fact that he's getting this early playing time because I just think that's going to benefit someone like him who can improve in several areas. We saw flashes of what he can do last season. I really feel like this year, if he can take a step forward, he's really going to open some eyes going into his junior year. So i I'm really, uh, I really like Adrian Martinez an awful lot. And I think this year is going to be big for him. Can he improve? On, the, uh, on that lofty success that he had last season is going to be key for me. Um, so I'm going to move on to my number three. Uh, my number three prospect here, Ray, if you don't mind, and that is Spencer Rattler, quarterback from Oklahoma. Um, again, 24-7 sports, has him listed at 6'1", 198 pounds, a five-star recruit out of Arizona. Uh, Spencer is, I, I mean, just based on talent from what we can see, um, he is an elite dual-threat quarterback. He can make plays with his arm. He can make plays with his legs. He can make all the throws. I mean, he's got great arm strength. Um, he has really good uh, vision at uh, and, and anticipation on his throws, and that's something that you know normally you develop later, and he's got it early, and so that's always good. Um, the only the only questions I have with him, and because he would probably be number one based on talent for me um, in this tier, however, the questions come. You know, the QB one star comes with some character questions. You know, stemming from a suspension he had in high school for his junior year, we don't really know what happened there. So it's kind of hard to hold him against the young man. However, we do know that there was something that uh, that kind of happened there. And so we kind of, you know, you worry a little bit about that. And also, uh, like we know, Jalen Hurt uh, just recently was named the starter there in Oklahoma. I want to see how Spencer Rattler is going to take to sitting on the bench for a year and, and approaching that. How is he going to approach it? Is he going to be professional with it? Can he handle that? Because I don't know that this has ever happened in his career where he's had to sit behind someone. So this is going to be a real test for Spencer Rattler to see whether or not he can handle this with class and with dignity. And if he can, I think it'll speak volumes to his character. And that, that'll that answer some questions for me, Ray. So uh, what do you think about Spencer Riler?
0: I know you've heard his name, another Oklahoma quarterback. That can't be a bad thing. I think you hit the nail on the head with this kid. And, you know, he has, you know, all kind of crazy records in his home state of Arizona. So, I mean, highest rated quarterback coming out. It, it's going to be a challenge for him to to probably – you know, sit this season. And Oklahoma, I-, I love what Lincoln Riley has done the past two years with Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. If he does it, you know, the same thing with Jalen Hurts, I mean, I can only imagine what's going to happen when Rattler actually actually gets his shot uh, to start at quarterback. Now, here's the thing, you know, we're, we're just saying that, you know, he's going to have to sit behind Jalen uh, this season. But you know, if if Hertz gets off to a slow start or if something happens to him, which I never want to happen for, you know, college kids, we don't want to bank on injury, but this kid has an opportunity to play sooner rather than later. So I, I think as far as an arm talent standpoint, he's got all the tools there is, you know, I definitely want him to bulk up. I mean, he's not very big, so he's going to have to put on a little bit of weight. But I mean, Lincoln Riley has had success with quarterbacks like him, so he is somebody that I am very intrigued by. And, you know, the the thing with Debbie is, I mean, he's not even eligible until 2022, which kind of sucks. But, um, you know, if he can play some this season, and he will, just like with Baker Mayfield was there, Kyler Murray played. I mean, it was when they were blowing teams out, but he got on the field and got some of that experience um, behind Baker. So I think this is probably a good thing for him. But one of the unsung things that you said his how is he going to take it? You know, how is – you know, he's going to feel on the inside and just, you know, the, the vibes and the energy that he's going to put out being a backup. So I'm interested to see how that plays out this season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, you hit on a couple key points there. You're, you're absolutely right that there is a good chance Spencer Rattler plays a little bit this year, whether it's in mop-up duty like you, like you suggested or whether, you know, there is an injury or something happens. Maybe Jay Leonard just isn't as effective. Um, as as they would like, and maybe they end up replacing him with Ratler. So you know that that is always a possibility. And I think that that's something that Spencer Rattler, if he's got his head on straight, if he's if he's going to accept this, he's going to understand that you know he's he's one play away from being in there and being a being an every down guy. And I also I also love the point about how he fits in this system. You're absolutely right. He fits that mold of Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. He fits the mold of that guy that is a dual threat guy that can make all the throws all over the field and, and, and all that. So I think he fits the mold of what Lincoln Riley likes in his quarterbacks. So I think he can be successful here. So, yeah, I think those are two great points, Ray, that you brought up. All right. Well, keep us rolling, James. It's your show, man. Right. Who you got next? Yeah. All right. So next, uh, my number two is JT Daniels, quarterback for USC. Uh, thank you again to 24-7 Sports went on there. He is listed at 6'3", 210 pounds, a five-star recruit out of Cal, uh, out of California. Um, look, when you watch JT Daniels, you see he's got excellent arm strength. He can make all the throws as well. Um, he can he can throw the ball deep. He has no problem when he can plant his feet, you know, zipping that thing all over the place, which is nice. Um, the one thing against him is, hey, look, there, there's there been, you know, a lot of these quarterbacks ahead of him or, or behind him, rather, are dual-threat guys. They're guys that can beat you with their legs or with their arms. JT Daniels can't do that. He's he's mobile. I mean, he's he's not a statue back there. He can move, and uh, and he can move the pocket, and he can make plays on the run. He's just not going to burn you too much with his feet down the field. So he's going to have to rely on the excellent arm strength that he has. He's also got really good pocket press presence. Uh, he's also very good at escaping and getting rid of the ball in a timely manner. He doesn't take a lot of sacks, and uh, and he's really good at sensing that pressure where it's coming from. I think he's athletic enough to avoid rushers and keep plays alive, but I don't think it's a strong suit for him. So that's going to be something to kind of – kind of look at too. I think the the one thing that JT Daniels showed me on tape last year was he is so good at timing routes, the comeback routes, the, the five yard, 10 yard outs. He throws those on time with anticipation. He knows when receivers are coming open and he throws them open, which is so rare to see at this, at this level. Normally that takes a little bit of coaching and JT Daniels is very young in the college game and he still shows a lot of that anticipation, which is nice because he hasn't had a lot of time to work with a lot of those targets. So I think that's only going to get better as time progresses so I really like JT Daniels and what he can be. I think he's going to fit much better in this new offense over at USC too. There's a lot less of uh, horizontal passing and I think he's going to be more comfortable in this system. So Ray, what do you think about JT
0: Daniels? Well, I'm very excited that you said all of this because I am a uh, self-proclaimed resident USC Trojans fanatic. I, I mean, I love watching USC football, not over the past couple of years, but I'm very, very excited about JT Daniels and the offense that Graham Harrell was bringing in. And then the talent surrounding him with Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyler Bonds, there is plenty of talent. Kyle Ford, incoming true freshman, Drew McCoy, whenever he finally uh, is cleared or whatever's going on with him, they say he's got a mysterious fever right now, but he won't be playing uh, anytime soon. Anyway, My issue with JT Daniel is this report that, you know, he hadn't won the starting job up until recently, if that's even come out. They've got a very talented quarterback behind him in Jack Sears, and the most important thing is Clay Helton is apparently on the hottest of hot seats, and there are rumors swirling around that Urban Meyer is going to be taking this job sooner rather than later. And I just have a fear that if for some reason... USC starts off slow or J.D. Daniels doesn't look good the first couple of games, Clay Helton, you know, scrambling for his job will pull him in favor of of Jack Sears. And I really do not want that to happen because I believe this kid has all the talent in the world. He's got the size, he's got the talent. And as a true freshman, to do what he did last year was was phenomenal. You know, with with uh, T. Martin, the world's most predictable offensive coordinator calling, like you just said, horizontal pass plays. Constantly, I think JT Daniels. I mean, he's got the talent. I'm just concerned about Clay Helton, to be honest with you, and what happens if JT starts off a little slow or USC doesn't perform as well as expected.
1: Yeah, that is an interesting point. That's definitely something to monitor. I think we've seen a lot of these quarterbacks that we have highly touted in the, in, you know, in Debbie uh, in the Debbie circles that we travel. A lot of these guys had to battle for starting positions, and some of them didn't win it. Uh, for one, Spencer Rattler that we talked about earlier. So um, it, it's definitely interesting. It seems like these coaches really want to make these guys work for it and uh, and not feel that sense of an entitlement. And so I wonder how much of this is, hey, look, we we want to get the best out of this guy after a, a year last year that uh, that maybe wasn't as great as it could have been. We want to make sure that we're going to get everything out of him. We want to make sure that he understands. This young man understands that you know his his job at any point in time can be on the line. And maybe that's the message they're sending. I think it's going to be interesting to kind of monitor. Like you said, you know, when you have a coach who's on the hot seat, they're going to do anything and everything they can to try to win games. I don't know that benching JT Daniels, and I know I, I do like Josh Sears as well, but I don't know that benching JT Daniels is going to be the best route to win those games. So I think it'll be interesting to monitor early. I think USC definitely needs to come out to a nice start to avoid that from happening. But that's definitely, yeah, yeah, something that I would be concerned about too, Ray. Something I would monitor uh moving forward with JT Daniels. Um, so lastly, if you don't mind, I'm gonna go to my last prospect. And this is a guy that I am really excited about. And I'm really excited to talk about him for a couple of reasons. Um, and that is Bo Nix, quarterback out of Auburn. Uh, thank you again. 24-7 Sports has him listed at six, one and a half, two hundred and seven 207 pounds. He was a five-star recruit out of Alabama. And well, let's let's start with the fact that Bo Nix was just recently named the starter over at Auburn. So, again, another guy who kind of had to earn his way. He had to earn that starting spot uh, this year, and it looks like he did. He was named the starter just recently, so that one came down to the wire, too. But when you watch Bo Mix, I mean, he isn't a weak dual-threat quarterback. He is a guy that is fantastic at running the ball, and he can make plays with his arm, too, to beat defenses as well. Um, I think he also shows some very good touch on his passes. He throws a very catchable ball as well. He likes to put the air uh, enough air under the ball but uh, but actually put it in a spot where his receivers can best catch it. I really like that about Bo Nix. I think that he's uh, he's tremendously talented when it comes to his arm strength as well. He has excellent arm strength. He can, he can throw it on a line, or he's really good at making sure that he can hit people in stride so that way they don't have to stop for the ball, they don't have to turn around and try to make a, a catch that's thrown behind them. He wants to hit them in stride so they can continue running after securing the pass. I really like Bo Nix. I like what he's what he does and what he can be. It's the guy that I put at the top of this tier. And he's a guy that I could move up into that next tier. It's for me with an impressive showing. Now, uh, I think it's interesting, you know, being a part of that Auburn offense. I don't know really what to expect from that Auburn offense coming up this year. I think they can be an elite running team, and I don't know how that affects Bo Nix, but I do I am very excited to see what's uh, what's what the future holds for Bo Nix this year. So Ray.
0: Give it to me one more time, man. What do you think about Bo Nix? Big, big, big Bo Nix fan. And he was actually one of the guys that I had written down to talk about. If uh, if you didn't touch on him, because I am a fan of this kid. I mean, what he did in high school, um, what he's done at Auburn at, at this point as such a young player, you know, winning that starting job. Uh, today it was announced that he, he won that starting job. And there is talent around him. He'll have Seth Williams to throw the ball to. Um, he's got a good running back down there. I, I really am excited about about Nixon, what he can do. And like you said, dual threat quarterback. I mean, that's I mean, you, you look at the NFL now, those quarterbacks who can run the ball and pass the ball, even if you're not Peyton Manning level accurate. I mean, that is what we want in fantasy. You know, I, I, that is what we want. And, you know, we didn't talk about Jake Fromm. And I don't know how you feel about Fromm. I think Fromm is a is a high floor, low ceiling. I think he's just you know he'll win you games, but he's not going he'll win games, but he's not going to win you games. I want somebody that can absolutely take over, and I think Bo Nix is in that realm. And you know, playing this year as a, as a freshman and then having that time to grow, I can only imagine how he's going to look when he's actually draft eligible. I'm really really excited about Bo Nix.
1: Yeah, we're we're gonna get you know the best out of him because we're gonna see him going up against some of the best defenses in the nation. So if he can really put up numbers that are going to gonna impress us against some of these teams that he's gonna face, I think uh, that's that's you know it's it's a smaller step going up to the next level, right? From SEC defenses going up to the to the NFL, he's traditionally <laughs> has been that way. So I, I think that helps too. You know he's gonna be going up against some of the better defenses um in the nation. So i want to see you know i want to see if he can if he can uh, beat these defenses on a consistent basis because if he develops into a player that can do something like that, i'm going to feel a whole lot better about drafting this guy, and like you said, very high ceiling probably has a lower four than you would like, but like you said, you know Jake fromm is a guy who I agree he's got a he's got that lower ceiling, that higher four he's a safe safe kind of guy, but at quarterback, i think if i'm do if I'm going Debbie, I want to shoot for the stars man i want to take a guy that I think I can build around uh, for the next 10 years if everything falls right. Let me
0: tell you something, James, that was fantastic, man. I really appreciate the, the depth and I know the listeners will appreciate that as well, because uh, those are great names. Some that I need to go back and, and check out a little bit more myself, but you know, I, I've got to be honest with you. I cheated a little bit on this next set on this next segment, because I am not, I feel like I'm a little bit, uh, I've got one arm tied behind my back with uh, somebody who who co-hosts a Superflex show. So I had to ask some Superflex people. I've got some friends of mine. We're in quite a few leagues together, uh, Mitch uh, Mitch Sorensen and uh, John Bauer. They host a Superflexology show. So I asked them, I said, hey, I'm going up against James. I need some tips. Help me out here. So I wanted to know how many of these – all these quarterbacks are great. Fields, From, Tua, Herbert, all of these guys are great, but how many – situations could they potentially fall into, right? You know, over the next couple of years, where do you see these these potential openings in the NFL? And and for me, a couple of names that I'm just going to throw out there: Marcus Mariota, Andy Dalton, Derek Carr. You know, those are a couple of names that I don't believe personally. They may have jobs for very long. And then you've got, you know, your breeze and Brady and Ben Roethlisberger with retirement. You've got the Broncos and the Dolphins. And then a couple of other just surprise landing spots, Chicago Bears. If they don't see progress this year, does his option get picked up? And then Kirk Cousins in Minnesota after 2020. I mean, are they going to pay him a hefty amount again for, you know, mediocre success if they miss out on the playoffs? So just where do you potentially seeing over the next couple of years where some some legitimate landing spots for all of these guys to have an opportunity? Not saying that they're going to, you know, walk in day one and be a starter, but just the chance to play. Where do you see those spots in the NFL opening up over the next couple of years?
1: Yeah, this is a great question. By the way, John and Mitch are, are very knowledgeable. So you went to the right sources. Those guys are very good at what they do. Um, so I, I I tell you what, I'm going to go over kind of the list that I have, and I'm probably going to be repeating a bunch of them that you just said, but I think New England is definitely one. Tom Brady's getting older. And so there, there might be an opening there. I think Miami is interesting. I know they just traded for Josh Rosen, but they only gave up a fourth round pick for him. If Rosen doesn't pan out, they could have a very high pick. Tate for Tua could be a real thing there for Miami. So I could see Miami being in the mix. Cincinnati, like you mentioned, Andy Dalton, you know, Marvin Lewis, you know, always had, um, you know, that, that regime kind of had some, uh, you know, they, they had Andy Dalton's back, I would say. I would say that they had some sort of, uh, you know, reason to keep him on. He was their guy. New coaching staff, I don't think that's the same. I think Andy Dalton needs to perform this year better than he has over the past uh, several years, and if he doesn't, then I think he's replaceable too. Pittsburgh's another team, like we mentioned Big Ben. Um, you know, is getting up in age, and you never know when you need to replace him. Tennessee and Marcus Mariota, Oakland with Derek Carr, I think those are all great. Uh, one that I would keep an eye on is Jacksonville. Look, I like Nick Foles, but if Nick Foles comes in a and weighs an egg this year, I don't know that they're not ready to replace him come next season, I don't know if he's the long-term answer there, but I do know that they're growing restless there in Jacksonville with a great defense. I think they're going to want somebody that can that can uh, at least take care of the ball and chalk up some wins. I think Nick Foles can do it, but if he doesn't, if he falls on his face a little bit early, um, I could see Jacksonville maybe being in the market to replace him. The Chargers are another team. Philip Rivers is getting up there in age doesn't seem like he's uh, all that uh, interested in signing a contract extension either. So. You know, it's going to be interesting to kind of see, uh, his, his role moving forward there for the Chargers. How about the Saints? Drew Brees, like, uh, like we said, you know, there's another guy who, uh, who hasn't signed an extension yet. He's getting up there in age. I know we have Teddy Bridgewater and we have, um, you know, Taysom Hill there, but I don't know if those are long-term managers. Teddy Bridgewater is also going to be in a contract year. So there's no guarantee they re-sign him either. So, um, that's a team that I keep an eye on. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's a make or break year for Jameis Winston, just like it is for Marcus Mariota. Hey, if Bruce Arians can't make it, can't can't make something out of Jameis Winston, I'm not sure that anybody can. Tampa Bay might be in the market if Jameis Winston uh, falters early in the year. And last but not least, the most interesting team to me that could be in the market is the San Francisco 49ers. And look, I don't know how you feel about about Jimmy Garoppolo, but you know health has been an issue since the 49ers signed him. If he is ineffective or health becomes a concern again you got to start thinking about replacing him eventually. Right. And I think, I think that could come sooner rather than later. If Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't prove that he can have a good year or be effective in this system. So I think that could be a sneaky team that might be in the market for a quarterback as well. Right.
0: Oh boy. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And I hadn't thought of that one, but, and I'm not overreacting to the preseason game last night. He looked, it did not look good, but I can definitely see that. Uh, Jacksonville, like you said, and if Jacksonville struggles again, I mean, Doug Marone, he probably won't be there. So if the new head coach, new quarterback, I can definitely see both of those situations playing out. Those are all great potential landing spots. And one thing I want to get from you, uh, James, before we get you out of here, give us a, a sleeper quarterback. I know we've talked about some guys that people may not have heard of, but give us one more just for the hell of it. Yeah, I'm going to give you a sleeper, and I'm actually excited to talk about this guy. I'm going to
1: give you Sam Hartman, quarterback out of Wake Forest, uh, went to 24-7 sports again, and they gave me uh, some information on him. He's listed at 6 foot and a half, 186 pounds, a three-star recruit out of North Carolina. And Sam Hartman, is he is pretty much, the way he is used over at Wake Forest is he is going to be a West Coast type of guy. He's not going to wow you with his arm strength, but he has great accuracy He's good on the move. He's smart enough to, to make the right reads. He has good pocket presence. You know, he's playing with guys that maybe aren't um, as good as the competition, uh, but he definitely raises the level of play from those around him. I'm excited to see him this year, to see if he can make some strides from last year. Yeah, he does a very good job of getting the ball out quickly. He, he's very accurate with the short passing, um, and I think he's a guy that in the right system in the NFL could be a guy that could excel. I mean, again— He's not going to be a guy that's going to be part of a vertical stretch type offense, but a guy who can work off a play action, a guy who can work off of getting rid of the ball quickly, uh, and that type of offense who runs some quick screens and stuff like that, I think he can excel at at that game just because of how accurate he is in the short game and how much he's been doing it. So Sam Hartman, quarterback out of Wake Forest. If you haven't looked him up, check him out. He's definitely a guy that I think, you know, if he can make
0: strides this year, I think he could be a guy that uh, climbs up on some draft boards. Fantastic name. Have not heard a lot about him, have not researched him. So you've given me um, some more homework to do, but that's why we had you on the show to, to, to dive deep and, and give these listeners some more Debbie quarterbacks to think about outside of the top guys. So really appreciate that. I'll throw in two names real quick. Uh, Jordan Love out of Utah State. I'm really excited about him. Uh, Very smooth throwing motion. He's got the requisite size. And one of my favorite freshman quarterbacks this year is Jaden Daniels uh, uh, out of Arizona State. I am very, very high on Jaden Daniels. Um, As much as we talked about Bo Nix, I think Bo Nix, according to 24-7 Sports, was the 33rd ranked overall prospect in the class. Number one dual-threat quarterback. Jaden Daniels was the 35th overall prospect, number two ranked dual threat quarterback. And what's so interesting about him is Herm Edwards, you know, the the former New York Jets head coach, uh, coach of Kansas City Chiefs. He is very much, you know, I'm giving the nod to the veteran. This kid is coming in as a true freshman and is starting the opening game for Arizona State. First true freshman to ever open the season as the starter in the history of Sun Devils football. I mean, this kid is smooth, six foot three. He's got to put on some weight. He's got a thin frame, but he's got a rocket of an arm. And when I was driving home today, I I was trying to think about who does he remind me of? And I would say he reminds me of a a Teddy Bridgewater who could run, like very accurate, smooth thrower. But this kid is a true dual threat guy. But don't get it twisted. He's not a a runner who can throw the ball. He's a passer who happens to run. So Jaden Daniels is somebody that I am very very excited about. He and Bo Nix in that 2022 class are going to be outstanding.
1: Yeah, I love, I love that call. I, I really do. Jaden, to me, I think he's he's going to be special. I really look forward to what he can do in that Arizona State offense. And like you said, I mean, the only two, the, the first two freshmen to start in Arizona State history is, is pretty special, uh, you know, at that quarterback position. So I look forward to watching him. He's going to be a fun watch. He's going to be a guy that's, uh, you know, for me, He's on that West Coast, so I can watch him a little later. And that's going to be one of those things, one of those guilty pleasures I can stay up late for and watch him play, which is always, always fun. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I hope you've enjoyed your flight. We'll
0: be landing in just a few minutes. Yes, sir. Well, James, we appreciate your insight on this show today. Kind of tell the listeners, where they can find you, what do you have going on? Tell us about your show and, and why they need to check out the superflex super show. Absolutely.
1: So you can find me on Twitter at underscore James the Brain. You can also find us uh on Twitter at Superflex Show. Um I'm the co-host of the Superflex Super Show, which you can find on Podbean, iTunes, uh, pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Also on the great DLF family of podcasts. Subscribe to that so you can get all these DLF podcasts, which are all fantastic. Um, And the reason why you need to listen to the Superflex Super Show, and you need to look me up over on DLF as well at DynastyLeagueFootball.com, is because we're going to provide you with stuff that you're not going to find anywhere else. Very unique, Superflex-driven type of information. Information that, while everybody else is kind of covering Dynasty or Redraft, Ray, you've got a nice niche here doing Debbie. You're one of the best that do Debbie. We like to pride ourselves as doing something that nobody else is doing, which is covering Superflex. We've been doing it. We were the original Superflex podcast. So come, come see us. If you need help with your Superflex drafts, come give us a listen. We'd appreciate it. And, uh, and yeah, that's,
0: that's where you can find me, right? You heard it right there. If you play in Superflex leagues, you need to check out that show. You need to follow James. You need to follow their content. You need to subscribe to their show as well as subscribe to this one. So, James, once again, really appreciate your time today. Thank you for this. I know the listeners will really appreciate this. I hope you guys had, uh, your notebook out and, and taking notes because, uh, these are names who will inevitably be on our Debbie radars, um, in the very near future. So James, if you can just hang on with me for a second, I'll close this out. That's going to do it for this episode of the Destination Debbie podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. Once again, want to thank our guest james the brain follow him on twitter hey i i I am so appreciative of every single ear you guys know i say that um every show and i and i try to end with some positive vibes so i don't have a quote pulled up but i just want to say you know just every day is a blessing every moment that we have every time you open your eyes put your feet on the ground don't take it for granted positive vibes only. Be kind to others. You get back what you put out in the atmosphere. So just always, always put positive energy out there. Really appreciate you guys, but I'm rambling now. I have nothing left. You know what's next. Drop the music.